Welcome to the Rethinking Humanity podcast, where we dive deeper into what makes us human and what causes us to thrive. I'm Lacey Delane. Hi, I'm Sonia Lorea. And we are so glad to have you guys. It is February the what, 5th? Yeah, February 5th. And we are kicking off our month on the theme of love. I'm so excited about this, Sonia. Yeah, that's important. (laughs) Me too. Well, we got so many different angles we're going to be coming at this this month. We have some really cool live interviews coming up. Um, One with a sex psychologist. Another one um, with someone who's going to talk to us about alternative forms of relationships, different ways to approach love and relationships, which I think is very interesting. So, and then we've got From with his book, The Art of Love. We've got Bell Hooks with, um, uh, what's her title again? All About Love. All About Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a great month. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, yay. Sonia, you, I'm in Guatemala, as some of our listeners may already know. You are not in Atlanta either. No, I'm in our capital, Washington, D.C. Ooh, what are you doing there? Um, just like tourist stuff, but it's, it's you know, it's beautiful. It's sunny day. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. Though mm-hmm. I will say it feels a little different here. It's a little quieter, you know. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of, uh, actually, I saw a lot of police cars, but I think it's just the time of year with, you know, all the stuff that was going on at the Capitol. I think yeah. they just have more of a presence, but it's still, it's nice to be here and see the National Mall and the monuments and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, guys, your two favorite co-hosts in the world are traveling across <laughs> the world and the country, but we're doing so safely. So, you know, we're not in Atlanta, but um, yes, we're going to talk a little bit more about an article that Sonia found uh, recently that is written on Vox that is very good. And we're going to also talk about what love is, according to Eric Fromm, and what are the different types of love that he describes, as well as the importance of self-love, which is one of my favorite themes. I think Sonia and I are like both looking forward to talking about that the most. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, The agenda today. Yeah. I'll take it away with this uh, article on Vox. It's uh, about grief. And I, I ran across it and I thought of you and I, Lacey, because I know on our podcast, we had a previous um, interview with Andrew Phillips. Please check it out, guys, where we do talk yeah. a lot about mental health and yeah. you know what we're going through with COVID-19. What struck me about this article is it's written very much about like first person. They're giving you examples of what people are struggling through in their grief. And I initially said, okay, can I relate? And as I'm reading them, I'm like, wow, I think we're, we miss the fact that we have this collective grief, mm. right? In the sense mm. that all of us, there are people who have lost their loved ones, which is horrific. There's that tragedy. But we are also have lost our daily things that we're used to doing. Yeah. And that, that we're feeling that, you know, there's the isolation. There's just simple things. We've lost the opportunity to um, celebrate milestones like graduations, weddings, anniversary. I mean, all of that, just the day-to-day, our day-to-day life has been upended. And um, what I thought was really interesting is that they talk about in the article, this idea of a resilience muscle. So in the very beginning of the pandemic, we're all like, whoa, we can do this. Let's make this happen. But after a while you get exhausted. You're like, when is this going to end? And I thought that was um, 
really good because I want you to talk about that because I know you experienced that when you were alone. There was mm -hmm. a, a part in the article where it's discussing different people's, I guess, uh, experiences. And one gentleman who's a filmmaker said, you know, he was he had lost his grandfather and he could feel himself kind of going into a depression. Yeah. And he was he could he could feel the resilience fading and mm -hmm. he could feel himself functioning like mechanically and artificially, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's what Fromm talks about. Yeah. And what he says in it, he quotes, I am trying not to succumb to that, to that, you know, letting my resilience fade. I'm trying to relearn how to live. Oh, my gosh. God. That's so <laughs> big. That's so powerful. Like, that's exactly where we all are. That's We're where we all relearn how to live. Right. If you think your life has not been affected or changed by this whole pandemic, I guess you're believing things that aren't actually true. <laughs> you right. know, we've all we've all been affected by this and it's it's been so difficult. And I think it's been difficult for everybody just in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the things that this article touches on is that there are folks who have the resources and know how to get through difficult emotional times. But they're saying, even in this article, I've kind of like exhausted all of that. And I don't even, I don't know what to do now. Like, I don't even know how to ask for help. I don't even know mm -hmm. what help to get. Because mm -hmm. think about it, Sonia, the things that we typically go to that are helpful for us when we're in a different, in a stressed, in a distressed state or an emotionally difficult mm -hmm. state, which are people, time together, you know, yeah, activities, activities and going and doing something different than just being at home. We can't do that shit anymore. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, that's what's, you know, that really struck me then because I think we can kind of try to compartmentalize, but at the end of the day, you have these experiences, like you're saying, you can't do what you used to do. And they, and, yeah. and also brings up, which I've thought about this, you know how they post numbers or how many are sick and how many deaths there have been. There's like a desensitization from the constant death. Mm. It's like unfathomable because we just start hearing these numbers and numbers and it's, mm. um, it just kind of it's overwhelming if you sit with it and you think about it, right? Because yeah. we, we and that's where the artificial things you just get up and keep going and going and going. But mm -hmm. I know you personally, Lacey, from talking to you, and I'm so glad now you're in Guatemala, you know, struggled with being in your apartment alone too, right? Yeah, it was so hard. I mean, I think some of the differences that I'm seeing with my life now, um, you know, here visiting in Guatemala is, you know, I'm staying somewhere where they're taking very good precautions but there's people, there's other people here. Number one, I was alone, mm -hmm. alone in my apartment. Um, and also there's a lot more people here that I know that I've known for years now that I can, you know, spend time with. I have friends in Atlanta, but everybody's sure. because we've talked about this on the podcast. Everybody's working, you know, um, Absolutely. different values here, but yes, in my apartment in 2020, that was, that's definitely other than getting sick and being alone, probably with COVID in Iowa in a bad hotel room. That's oh, wow. the hardest thing that I've done yeah. is just because I, I you know, I, if, and if you guys listen, um, you know, listeners, if you listen to some of the earlier episodes, especially the bonus episodes, you'll hear me talking about how like crazy I was going. Mm -hmm. because it's not healthy for us to be locked in. No, it's not healthy. And I understand to a point locking down, 
for a certain amount of time. And right. I think if that um, can be an effective solution, I think it's a good idea. But it's not a way to live your life continually. There yeah. are risks and there are costs. And it's, I mean, it, it's, it goes back to the whole Gabor Mate thing. Like mm. our emotional health affects our physical health. Absolutely. I have been down here for a week. I have already lost weight. And it's because of my emotional health <laughs> because there's sunshine and it's not cold. And anyway. I hear you. Well, you know, to, to end on this article, one of the things at the end they talk about, and you brought it up and we brought it up through our previous interviews and articles is that we need policies mm. that are going to help us and that address like our mental health. Mm. And that's huge. And I know you're a big advocate for that. So I want to leave you with that, that we yeah. definitely need you know, we're going to need to revamp the system so that we do get this help. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of that Monica Lewinsky article that we talked about in one of our episodes, um, needing some folks who are, who are um, educated on these matters and have a voice that are, is listened to um, by our leaders, our government leaders. We need that a hundred percent. And hopefully we're making strides. You know, Andrew Phillip mentioned he felt like we were, I, yeah. I hope we are. I think we, we need to, we need to really push for that for sure. So just before we move past this, I want to name the, um, this was a Vox article. Mm -hmm. The title is what you're feeling is grief. Yes. And I'm trying to remember the name of the um, author. Do you have it in front of you, Sonia? Um, I know I, I have it. I thought I sent it, but oh, uh, no, sorry. Yeah, I don't have the author in front of me. Well, hang on a minute because. But I think you could look at. Uh, I, I sent her a message. Nyla oh. Burton. Nyla yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's who it was. Okay, cool. So thank you, Nyla, for writing that. Um, mm -hmm. We appreciate it. I mean, I could talk about, you know, the whole uh, theme of the inability to mourn that she talks mm -hmm. about in that article as well, right. because I've had a couple of losses um, in 2020, and that has uh, affected and impacted me as well. Just we're not mourning in the same ways. It's not right, like right. That's yeah. have a mm -hmm. funeral, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so lots of good stuff in that article. I'll link it to the um, show notes and you guys can take a, a read if you are interested. Um, all right, before we get into our awesome content, I want to tease a new little uh, spinoff that we started this week. It's called Rethinking Humanity Travel Chronicles. And it's where we're talking about, you know, basically the cool stuff that I'm experiencing here in Guatemala and Maybe in the future, like, you know, Sonia's going to go. I don't know where you're going to go. Where are going to go, Sonia? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then maybe we can talk about that. Um, but we also feel like different cultures do a good job of um, approaching our humanity and approaching their society in a way that accommodates our humanity better. And so that's part of why we started this Travel Chronicle spinoff, because it really fits to the theme of Rethinking Humanity as well. So check that out. Follow us on Twitter. It's rethinking without any values, humanity values, without any vowels, no. <laughs> um, humanity with vowels. And then Instagram um, at just rethinking humanity. We've been keeping that very updated. And Sonia, something big is coming. Remember? Very big. In I April. Know. Yeah. Can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. April 3rd, April 3rd. Oh I'm hitting my quiet punch so hard that day because I'm going to be so nervous. <laughs> I know, but everybody needs to tune in. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be a big day. Cool. All right, let's transition. It's February. Our theme this month 
I don't know if we're going to do this again, like monthly themes, but I just, figured, we thought this would be cool. You know, it's love. And yeah. I think we all, what do you think about love? So when you're just initially, when you think of love, what just pops in your head? I think in, initially love is, you know, we're, we're sold love through commercials, through images. And there's just this sort of, I think when I think of love, people probably initially think of romantic love, right? Because that's sort of like the whole imagery and movies and um but what i love about from is he dives way deeper into love than what we would yeah normally think about hearing the word i would say that i when i think about love i think it's something that everybody wants and everybody's yes. searching for yeah and it's very important to us although you might not know that based on what our values are as mm -hmm. a society and how we live life so that's what pops into my head I hear you. Yes, yeah. you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. So you want to start us out? Yes. Yes. Um, I want to start because the book is "The Art of Loving" by Eric Fromm. Please go read it, or you can get it. You can listen to it on YouTube, or it's on PDF. So I tell everybody to check it out. Yes. Uh, and I'm actually going to read from it because he's powerful, super powerful. The it's called "Is Love an Art?" Mm. This is the beginning. The first step to take is to become aware that love is an art, just as living is an art. If we want to learn how to love, we must proceed in the same way we have to proceed if we want to learn any other art, say music, painting, carpentry, or the art of medicine or engineering. What are the necessary steps in learning any art? The process of learning an art can be divided conveniently into two parts. One, the mastery of the theory, the other, the mastery of the practice. I love this part, by the way. If I want to learn the art of medicine, I must first know the facts about the human body and all about various diseases. When I have all this theoretical knowledge, I am by no means competent in the art of medicine. I shall become a master in this art only after a great deal of practice. Hear that, people? Only after a great deal of practice. Ooh, okay. Until eventually the results of my theoretical knowledge and the results of my practice are blended into one, my intuition, the essence of mastery of any art. But aside from learning the theory and practice, there's a third factor necessary in becoming a master in any art. The mastery of the art must be a matter of ultimate concern. There must be nothing else in the world more important than the art. This holds for true for music, for medicine, for carpentry, and for love. And maybe here Ooh. lies the answer. Yes, um, I'm trying to get here. To the question of why people in our culture try so rarely to learn this art in spite mm. of their obvious failures, in spite of the deep-seated craving for love, which Lacey just brought up, almost mm -hmm. everything else is considered to be more important than love, success, prestige, money, power, Almost all our energy is used for the learning of how to achieve these aims and almost none to learn the art of loving. Okay. Okay. Can I please bring him back from the dead and marry him? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't even want I to, had to read that. I know it was a bit long people, but it's just so powerful. Yeah. I love the way he uses the example of medicine and music, all these things exactly. that we know we need to practice to be better at. But yet yeah. we're just supposed to know the loving thing. It seems that there's an assumption that it just, you know, comes naturally or something. Like we just will know how to do it or, or it's a skill 
it's it's something that you develop just like self-love which we'll get into later but it's something you have to learn how to do and it's something you have to be intentional about doing you know i think we've been sold a bunch of lies by culture and society about what what love is at least on the romantic side about like oh you just meet somebody and you have all these great feelings and then you fall in love and then everything's perfect well right. has anybody have ever actually been in a relationship and realized that's not how it works. No, I, I think what um, from touches upon here is we think it's a passive activity and it's not, it's an active, we have to be active. It's, and, and he does talk about how you don't fall in love. You stand in love, mm. which I think is a cool, cool concept, you know? Um, yeah. It's yeah. uh, he, he also brings up the part. Uh, yeah. That, so you know, I'm going to read. This yeah, thing go ahead. I put out sure. on um, Instagram, which is a quote from this. I was just saying, yeah. yeah one of the things that uh, okay, <laughs> discusses about love is that, in the most general way, the active character of love can be described by stating that love is primarily giving, not receiving. Which is interesting. He says giving is more joyous than receiving, not because it's a deprivation, but because in the act of giving lies the expression of aliveness. I think that's really cool. Yes. Know? Well, I can I can definitely affirm that whenever I don't feel very alive, I don't want to give. That's for sure. Right. Like I don't right. want to give to anybody. I have nothing to give because I'm feeling right. Right. Real bad. You have to come um, from there a was a uh, wanted to read a quote that I actually put out on Instagram earlier today. Okay. Actually, um, it's a it's a from quote from the book, but he says. What it's what is love? Love is an active striving for the growth and happiness of the loved person, rooted in one's own capacity to love. Yeah, rooted it's in one's active. own. Capacity. It's some active. Yeah, working for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other the other quote you probably read this and and this is right up the way you and I think. Immature love says, "I love you because I need you." Mature love says, I need you because I love you. That's and I think so good. we can all relate to the part where people say, you know, I love you because I need you. I think that's the, the um, pitfall that many people fall into, thinking that that's love. Right, right. And I think we've all felt that. And I think mm -hmm. for me personally, it's taken me time and intentional effort to learn that that's actually not love. That's like kind of desperation, codependency, mm -hmm. uh, it's an unhealthy approach to relating to another human being. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Frum touches upon this idea of the union, what, well, he definitely touches upon the fact that we are trying to um, escape that feeling of aloneness. So we want to connect with someone, but unfortunately those connections <laughs> are not always in the healthiest way. Mm. Um, just like what I stated here about the, you know, I love you because, you know, or yeah, I love you because I need you, you know? Yeah. Um, he's saying that's, that, that is not an expression of, of love. Well, and I would say that too, he, he touches on this um, in the section that we're kind of discussing today, but um, you know, that is a very normal feeling for like a child to have or mm -hmm. an infant because that is the only way that they survive. And at some point we move beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's the goal in a healthy situation. 
to I need you because I love you instead of I love you because I need you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what, what Fromm does, and I know we're going to discuss it, is he breaks down, um, he describes different forms of love, right? He descri describes brotherly love, fatherly love, motherly love. Um, we're going to talk about self-love. He describes erotic love. Um, and yeah. I thought that was really fascinating, the way he broke it down. Um, I think it's easy to assume that love is is not really able to be broken down in this way. It's just, I don't know, Bell Hooks in her book talks about how we are all confused about what love is because there's really not a standard mm -hmm. like definition in a way. Um, and if and the standard definition is that it's a noun, not a verb, which is damaging. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say that I think this is very enlightening, him breaking down the different types of love. Mm -hmm. um, before we go into details of each one, I'll just go through what they are. Uh, brotherly love, motherly love, fatherly love, erotic love, self-love, and love for God. I don't know that we'll go too much into that today for time's sake. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, Fromm, I don't believe was a very religious person, but he definitely was spiritual. And so I think that's mm -hmm. kind of what he's touching on there. Um, what was your, Sonia, what did you get from the brotherly love section? What did, what? Um, did you... I, I got that for, um, well, he quotes actually love thy neighbor as thyself, which we all have. It's like a Christian value, but it's, I think it's a universal value. I, what I got from that is that it's not exclusive brotherly love. Mm. It's not restricted to one person. And it's really important to be able to, you know, for living because that is actually what we need to do is we need to love everyone. And that's the brotherly love that he discusses. I mean, I mean, to me, that seemed like almost the most highest level of love even. And, um, and from what I gather from reading this, um, you, you, you can't really have like long lasting romantic love, long-term mm -hmm. love, uh, including uh, erotic love without brotherly love. Like that's the foundation. Correct. Um, and what he describes brotherly love as is a sense of responsibility, care, concern, respect, knowledge of another human being um, and the wish to further his life. Um, mm -hmm. And that's based on the experience that we're all one. And I think right. this is something we've touched on, Sonia, in past mm -hmm. episodes, which we're starting to see as a result of the pandemic. Like we're all interrelated. You can't, you're, we're not isolated from it. What we do affects each other. So I think it touches on that theme as well. Right. And I think if we go back to what we just were talking about, about the giving and not receiving, I think that fits in perfectly with the brotherly love. Because when you have that sense of brotherly love, and you do you you're not one you're part of this bigger group i think the natural nature is to give through your you know through yeah. your love for your brother you want to give yes he and he says that in this section he says if i have developed the capacity for love then i cannot help loving my brothers mm -hmm. if you are actually loving if you have that capacity then it's going to overflow from you that you respect, you care for, you have a concern, you have knowledge about, and you want to know, and you want to see the furthering of life of another human being. Right. And he, he talks about, I know with the brotherly love that this penetrates to the core instead of the mm. periphery. Yes. Um, 
I thought that was interesting. Yeah. What do you, tell tell more about that if you don't mind? What does that mean? The core instead of the periphery. I think that what what he's trying to refer to as the periphery, the way I interpret it is 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 sort of like the a pretense of that you care when you truly it's to the core. To me, in fact, the highest form of love would be giving your life for someone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the highest form of brotherly love. And I think for us to be able to live fully human and everything we're talking about that that um, from talks about with isolation and alienation, we're able to remove that by having the brotherly love, by actually participating actively yes. in that form of love. Yes. Without I, that word, you know, or automons or whatever, you know. Yeah. Am I saying that word right? <laughs> automatons, automatons. Automatons, yeah. 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 I mean, I think another way to say it too would be that the periphery is like the surface level. Like mm -hmm. right, I can right. look at you and you can look at me and we can see that I have dark hair and you have lighter hair mm -hmm. and you, you know, whatever our, our actual differences, the periphery. Right. But if we penetrate to the core, we're really actually the same. We're human beings. We have right. the same needs. We have the same um, wants, desires, challenges, fears, because we're human beings. I want to read this little part because I really liked it. Um, in order to experience this identity, it is necessary to penetrate from the periphery to the core. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. if I perceive in another person, mainly the surface, I perceive mainly the differences that mm -hmm. which separates us. If I penetrate to the core, I perceive our identity, the mm -hmm. fact of our brotherhood, our identity, mm -hmm. our brotherhood. And that fact, this relatedness from center to center yeah. is central relatedness. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Uh, I love that idea that yeah. like, penetrate to the core. I that love that. It feels very empathetic. I also like to me, it would remind me also when you're living like on the periphery too, you could you could sort of go through acts like you care, but you don't really care because mm. you're not connecting mm. to the core of that person. Mm. It's a superficial, like you yes. brought up earlier. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Really good. One other thing I'll say before we move it, that I think is an important characteristic is that brotherly love is a love between equals. And what that means is basically we're similar and the difference is uh, like in motherly or fatherly love, um, motherly and fatherly love is, is not equal. The, a mother and a father have, are giving mostly and the child is not giving mm -hmm. back, generally speaking, mm -hmm. uh, or expected to in a healthy situation. So, um, so yeah, brotherly love is uh, among equals, just like erotic love is among equals, but motherly love, fatherly love, that's, that's different. Sure. Agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to start us on motherly love? The next yeah. One. Motherly love. So this is interesting because I read this a few times. So he describes motherly love as unconditional. So yeah. He describes it as home, nature, soil, earth. Mm. Um, he describes, and this is where I'm going to just kind of put it all together for a minute. And fatherly love, he represents, he says, world of thought, law and order. It's a conditional love. That and and it's interesting that he said the child needs both, but what's what I, th I thought was cool that From digs into is ideally, um, a mature person comes to the point where he he or she myself I am both my own mother and father, and what mm. what he talks about yeah is building a motherly conscience for love and a fatherly conscience on reason and judgment. 
So it's really fascinating because ideally, see that type of love does not pre prevent you from growing. Because we talked about the unconditional love, which you see as no matter what you do, I love you. And the other love that you know you need to do certain things to, to be loved, which both are needed, he's saying, to be a healthy person. Now, he said failure of this development is lies the basic cause for neurosis. I would say probably a lot of people didn't get that exact balance because he does go into that, you know, of narcissism or where one is, there's an imbalance. So I would say that's probably pretty common in most people's experiences. But what I like is how he's saying we should develop that within ourselves, the motherly, fatherly love. You can speak to it, Lacey, what you, yes. your thoughts are. I, I, I love this because when we get to the place where we can internalize motherly and fatherly love, then we are not so needy for other people who tell us what to think, that we're okay. Um, we're not needing this like leader outside of us who tell us what to think, like I said, what to do. You know, we're less dependent on um, other people to tell us who we are and what we want and how to live our lives. Do you see what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I think in the most healthy situation, we're able to take a healthy motherly love, a healthy fatherly love, and integrate that into ourselves and then mm -hmm. manage ourselves without needing to, you know, I need, I love you because I need you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just interesting how he develops. And to me, it's kind of like an archetypal, uh, I guess, discussion, because when I think mm -hmm. of unconditional love, you think he talks about the infant needing, you know, the mother to be there, that, that consistency, which you could see that need. And then, as the child grows up, the father steps in and then the child learns, okay, certain things I need to do in order to receive that love. And of course, it's not this little box that you're going to put it in as you're describing. This is something later we need to, you know, internalize ourselves and to be a mature adult and use both of those um, examples of the motherly, fatherly love, how we actually take care of ourselves and how we yeah. relate how we how we go through the act of loving yeah and i would say to one observation i would make here is that in order for that to happen there has to actually be a detachment from the mother and the father yes and it has to be in a healthy way and he also talks about how that is the goal in a help from for a healthy mother the goal mm -hmm. is is that he is there unconditionally for the for the child um, especially in its most dependent times as an infant and what have you. And then once the child becomes an adult, the goal for her and the father is mm -hmm. to let them go, is to not, you know, need that. And he talks about how hard that is for many women to do. Um, maybe because there's some type of narcissistic, naturally narcissistic thing that they get out of having a kid, which I can understand that in a way, mm -hmm. because it's it feels good to be needed, right? Um, but that's something that I think has to happen in order for, well, and not only me, he says, has to happen in order for things to be healthy. Right. It's an achievement of maturity. Like you're saying, on one hand, there's like the paradox, like there's this connection between the child and the parent. But a healthy relationship is when the parent is lets the child go. And that's the idea of being strong enough to move forward. And so 
Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, he does discuss how, yeah, we, again, like what you're saying, I mean, the I ideal situation is that you have, the one has the basis, the healthy basis to be able to have the strength to move forward. If you have those attachments, is there still those attachments and that hasn't been done in a, uh, I guess, in the best way for the child, like you said, where there's a guilt, you know, like leaving the parent or there's the narcissism or it just has been an imbalance, then it really is damaging to the child. So ideally you want to have that balance. And again, because I think each of us have our own little story, that's something that one works to heal within him or herself, right? To have the fatherly yes. and motherly love. Yes, and maybe you could even say for for many people, that's what you work towards in therapy to mm -hmm. get to that place where you can mother father yourself. Yes, yes inside yes, of yourself. That kind of sounds weird, but, but I think no, it's it is. I think it's a theme that we all, um, you know, probably the majority. Like I said, nobody comes from a perfect uh, environment, so we're all attempting to achieve that. Yeah, I think the last thing I want to say on the fatherly love, which was was something that stood stood out to me about it, because like you mentioned, it's it's very much like a conditional, whereas mm -hmm. the mother's is unconditional. And at first, I was like, I hate that. And then I then he talks about how important it is actually because what it does is it gives the child the understanding of like how to actually function in society because in society people don't unconditionally love you and so that i thought that was interesting that how that perspective and how true that is yes absolutely no that's a really excellent point i yeah you're right and we need both we need both we need both to be able mm. to mature yes Okay, next is erotic love. Um, Sonia, I'll say a couple things and I'm gonna let you mm -hmm. go ahead. Um, what I have noted here uh, and that I recall from reading about it is that it's a craving for complete fusion with one person and contrary to brotherly love, it's exclusive. Now that doesn't mean you can only have erotic love or attraction to one person at a time. It just means, um, in the moment, it's exclusive, okay? Um, and by nature, it is brief and short-lived. And of course, this is, we're talking about sexual uh, attraction here when we talk mm -hmm. about um, erotic love. Um, it's interesting. I had some similar points that you have, but I'll, I'll continue. Yeah, the craving for complete fusion, but yeah. it's very deceptive. And what I thought, thought was interesting is it's easily misled. You're easily misled by desire. So when from talks about when you're having that connection with someone sexually, you believe, okay, this is it. This is love. I'm feeling so great. And how he's saying that is just transitory like that, that it does not last. And this idea also that you mm. can be exclusive is it's going to fail because eventually, you know, you're, you don't live in a bubble, right? It's just a very, it's a very temporary experience. And it's it's just interesting because I think we've all fallen into that trap. And he does talk about that, how because of being in a state of, you know, um, this desire and these feeling, the, you know, you're physically feeling something, we associate that mm -hmm. with love. And he's saying that's completely wrong. And so I think this, I think a lot of times that pattern is repeated over mm -hmm. and over again, that someone, you know, 
gets together with someone because of that sexual attraction. And then that, you know, wanes, your feelings wane, and then you meet someone else and you just keep repeating the pattern over and over again, which is not the Mm -hmm. type of love that um, I guess that ultimately we need or we're looking for. Yes, that satisfies us. And maybe we think that erotic love is the thing that's going to satisfy us. Well, why wouldn't we? Because hello, culture. Mm -hmm. But, um, But it's not. And so what I would say about what you're saying is that we are looking to erotic love uh, to fulfill us over over time and over and over. And what we, I think, don't realize about erotic love is that it is in nature, like we said, brief mm. and short-lived. And that is part of what we need as human beings, but it's not all of what we're looking for. It's actually not really the whole of what we're looking for. Right. We're really we really need brotherly love. Um, And then we also need a mixture of brotherly love and erotic love. I mean, what of this love don't we need? We need it all, but you see what I'm saying? For a healthy, like monogamous or sexual romantic relationship, we need the both of those. Well, you know, you rarely hear never and always, but Fromm writes in here, it never leads to union. Never, think about that. So we know it's temporary. If that doesn't get you, I'm like, okay, well, that's not the path to go down. You know, that's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for it to give you union, yeah, you don't want to go down that path. If you're looking <laughs> for that for fun and what have you, okay, fine. But don't look for it for union for that. Deep and I wouldn't label it maybe as we all- yeah, love. It'd be an erotic experience. <laughs> you Ooh, know, that's a great point, Sonia. That's a really good point. We wouldn't, yeah, it's an erotic feeling. It's an erotic experience. It's not like, it's not. It it could be very helpful to us to not call all these things love. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bell Hooks talked about that, but to have, yeah. Yeah, like I guess what I'm saying is to have more specific definitions about love. Like in Spanish, you can say te quiero and you can say te amo. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say te amo to you, Sonia, because I would be like, I'm in love with you. Right. <laughs> I would say te quiero. Right. And so there's a difference. In English, yeah. it's not like that. We English just say is, love. We don't have as many words yet to substitute for love. I hear you. Well, I, I know this is like your yeah. favorite one is the self-love. Do you want to tell us about self-love? Yes. So let's talk about self-love. Unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about it as long as we probably want to because we're coming to the end of our episode. Uh, but maybe we'll do a whole episode just on self-love. Maybe oh, we should. Do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I think it'd be great. So self-love, I think, is something that is very, it's been very misunderstood. And even Freud called self-love actually narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what uh, Fromm says when he talks about self-love is that we actually have to have self-love in order to actually genuinely love other people. And if there is an idea that um, the the love and the respect that you have for a human being or respecting and loving human beings is good, then why wouldn't respecting and loving yourself be a part of that goodness? That's kind of a point he makes in here. So self-love, what I have learned about it over the last four or five years and just being focused, 
um, on growth and personal growth is that it is the root. It's the foundation of every happiness mm -hmm. and goodness and good quality of life and health that you can have in relationships. Right. And what I like uh, that Fromm says here is self-love does not equal selfishness because I think that's mm. been misconstrued that people yeah. assume that, um, you know, if you love yourself, that it's selfish. But as we both know, that is not the case. And that's really the basis to be able to love others. And he definitely yeah. hits upon that because if you can't love yourself, you can't love others, which is no. a huge, I mean, we, I would love to talk about this for, gosh, we could almost talk about it for a whole episode. It's just, oh, I, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something else in here that I wanted to say. I'm trying to find it here on my, on my phone. Um, yeah, I mean, he mentions that the two are self-love and selfishness are, are supposed to, like have been presented as, um, you know, the same thing, but actually they're right. opposites. They're exactly. And so, and actually you need both of them. I'm sorry. You need, I'm sorry. You need self-love in order to be able to love other people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is really important. It is. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's a uh, actualization of power to love. Yeah, to be able to love others, you need to have the love of yourself. And so it's um, mm. it's really it's a virtue, is what he's saying. So a yeah, lot. We got we got to do a whole nother episode on this. Yeah, and then the love for God. Sonia, did you uh, get into that at all? I you didn't say dig deep. I didn't dig deep enough into that, which definitely I would like to talk about. As you said, I don't think Fromm was, um, I don't believe what he was actually religious, but I do think he brings up spirituality because he does talk about Meister Eckhart in here. But I think we need to talk about that too with the, along with our self-love. I'd love to, yeah, you know, delve more yeah. into that. Maybe we do that one. Um, the next episode is the, those two love for God, oh, love for, for self. Sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, I, I will say this lastly on self-love. I definitely have heard people say things that are derogatory about self-love and like this whole snowflake thing and that it's not mm -hmm. that important. Um, I think it is highly misunderstood. And I think as we begin to understand it, um, removing the stigma from mental health, mm -hmm. we can really see a lot of progress because if you are happy, with yourself mm -hmm. you're wonderful with other people you know sure, like sure. I mean I guess listeners I would just propose this to you like when you're having a bad day and you're feeling depressed is it easy to be kind to other people no when you're yeah. having a good day and you feel good about yourself and you look in the mirror and you like how you look and you're enjoying your life the thing that naturally flows isn't it kindness and goodness and love to other people that's sure. been my experience Sonia has that been yours yeah I think failure to care for oneself and I, I know I brought this up to you before I don't know I brought this to you up with um, the example of parent child I believe that if a parent cannot take his care of his or herself how can one take care of a child and I think it's it's mm. setting a poor, poor example to that child. I think self-care is so important. I mean, yes, it's kind of that. a good illustration for this is when you're on the airplane and they say to you, if you have, if you lose oxygen, you know, if we have to 
if I lose oxygen in the cabin, the masks fall down and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, first make sure that you put the mask on yourself before you put it on the children. Sure. Because you have to take care of yourself first. Sure. And that's a very good example. What mom can do a good job taking care of her kid? She's miserable. Can't. Not not happening. It's going to be hard. Agree. Agree. Yes. Well, um, so let's, as we wrap up, I will say apologies for the audio issues in this episode. I think that my Wi-Fi hasn't been the greatest here. So apologies for that. Um, but hopefully that will be better next time. Um, I will also say that um, Quiet Punch is one of our our sponsors, our partners. Um, and again, uh, that thing is so cool. So when you tried it the other day, I'm doing it down here in Guatemala. It's awesome. If you want to, if you want one, check it out on uh, quietpunch.com. Um, you get 10% off when you use the code Rethinking Humanity, and we uh, receive some benefits from that as well. So check that out. Okay, Sonia, last final thoughts? Um, final thoughts are, you know, everyone look at, uh, if you get a chance, look at the Vox article, check out Eric Brome, um, Art of Loving. It's, uh, let's, uh, it's love that makes the world go around. So that's our theme this month. Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Send us some feedback. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Rethinking Humanity Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know. We want to hear and yeah. uh, take care, everybody. Enjoy your February. We'll be talking to you again. Yeah, soon. be safe. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.